about 450 years ago, there lived in Worms, in Germany, a wealthy Jew of noble descent by the name of Reb Shmuel ben Yaakov HaKatzin. Reb Shmuel had a daughter named Petal, who shone like a jewel with her beautiful qualities and her Jewish charm. When Petal reached marriageable age, people began to come forward with suggestions. One suggestion came from a well-known and highly regarded family who lived in Posen. They had a son named Yehuda Leib. Reb Shmuel liked what he heard about Yehuda Leib and went to Posen to meet him and his family. He was very impressed with the young Bocher and saw immediately that he was a real Tamad Chacham in addition to his Midois Toivois, his excellent personal characteristics. Reb Shmuel was also happy to see that the young man's parents were fine people indeed and highly respected in the community. Both sets of parents readily agreed to pursue the proposition. Reb Shmuel promised to take care of the young man's living expenses so that Yehuda Leib could learn Taida for three years at the yeshiva of the famous guy in Shloimeluria, the Maharshal, which was then in Brisk in Lita. It was decided that when Yehuda Leib would reach 18 years old, he and Petal would get married and her father would provide for the couple's living expenses for as long as his son-in-law, Yehuda Leib, would wish to continue learning Taira. So Reb Shmuel left Posen to return to Worms with a happy heart. Yehuda Leib left for Brisk, where he settled down in the yeshiva of the Gain Shlemeluria to learn with great eagerness enthusiasm, and diligence. Everything would have been fine had not something unexpected happened that spoiled the situation. The wheel turned and the business of the wealthy Reb Shmuel HaKatzin began to slide downwards Almost in no time at all, the wealthy Reb Shmuel was no longer wealthy. His house was stripped of everything of value in order to cover his debts. Only one precious petal remained, and that was his dear, lovely daughter, Petal. As the time for the chasana grew near, Reb Shmuel's economic position had not yet changed, he sent a letter to Yehuda Leib and informed him that because his Parnassa was not what it once was, he could not fulfill his promise to support Yehudalab. Therefore, he was free of his engagement to Petal and could look elsewhere for a wife. To this letter, he attached a note asking for forgiveness and release on behalf of Petal so that she too would be free from 
any obligation in connection with their engagement. The unexpected sad news upset the young Yehudalab terribly. He immediately sat down to write a letter to Reb Shmuel Hakatsin, full of comforting words and encouragement, urging him not to feel despondent nor lose hope about his difficult financial situation, which, he wrote, the one above could change in a twinkling. In any case, continued Yehudalab in the letter, he had no claims on him nor on Pedal. If it would be in Pedal's best interests to be free from an obligation to him, then she could certainly seek someone else to marry. As for me, wrote Yehudalab, I remain firm in my betachin in Hashem, my trust in the Almighty. I will wait for his help. Yehudalab continued to learn even more intently than before. As time went on, the brilliant young Tamad Chacham was still single, so Shadchanim came with their suggestions for Shaduchim. But he answered them all the same way. I am only concerned with continuing to learn Torah, and I am not prepared to consider a Shaduch. And he did in fact devote all his time to learning Torah. His friends got married, one after another, and left yeshiva. New Talmidim arrived, and Yehuda Leib still continued with his learning, going through the entire Shas several times. Leib the Bacher, as he was known, was praised by all who knew him for his brilliance as a scholar and for his quiet modesty, but they did not understand why he was not yet married. When Reb Shmuel Hakatsin received the letter from Yehudalib, it affected him very deeply. It helped him to accept the fact that Hashem had given him wealth and Hashem had taken it away. And Hashem can again give him back his wealth. But he was not consoled for having lost the possibility of getting such a wonderful son-in-law. And what would be with his precious petal his daughter that he loved so much. Pedal had read Yehudalab's letter and was moved to tears, but she too had confidence in Hashem that he would help them. But she had other things to think about as she was now the only one in the family earning a living for her parents and herself. In addition to her fine qualities, she also happened to be an expert baker. When her home was open to the many guests that visited them, they always admired the cakes, the cookies, and the challahs that she used to bake. So now that her parents were not able to have as many guests, she put her talents to good use. She opened a small bakery, something that she never ever imagined she would need to do, but she thanked Hashem she could do something to earn money and not have to ask for help. Her friends and neighbors flocked to her store, and they were more than happy to buy all of the things that she baked. Petal was successful, Baruch Hashem. Not enough to make her rich or to save for a dowry, but enough for her to take care of her parents. Despite this, 
a number of Shatchanim came forward with proposals from good families, but Petal turned them all down. She had a feeling that her former chassan was her true bashert, her true life partner, and like him, Yehuda Leib the Bachar, she had trust in Hashem and waited for his help. Ten long years passed. At that time, there was much unrest in the lands. The German nobles fought amongst themselves, the Catholics fought against the Protestants, and the peasants revolted against their masters who had enslaved and oppressed them. The city of Worms was in the midst of all of this turmoil. The streets and the marketplace were full of soldiers who had arrived from different areas, infantry and cavalry and artillery, all kinds of soldiers. One day, a regiment of cavalry, horse soldiers, rode down the street where Petal had her bakery shop. A young officer stopped in front of Petal's bakery, where, on a table outside, were displayed various items of her baking. The bread smelled so good to him that he took out his sword and stabbed it into a loaf of bread and then began to ride away. Petal ran outside and shouted, Hey, you haven't paid me. That's not behavior of an officer, is it? The officer stopped his horse and turned around and showed her his open hands, saying that he had no money. Then he thought better. He got off of his horse, walked towards Petal and said to her, You're right. I beg your pardon. I have no money, but I haven't eaten in three days. I couldn't resist this fresh, tempting loaf of bread. Here, take this instead of money. He pulled out an old leather saddlebag, which he threw to her as she stood in the doorway of her bakery. Then the officer mounted his horse and left. Petal went inside and began to look at the heavy leather saddlebag, thinking, what can I do with this old ragged saddlebag? It has no value whatsoever. As she held the bag in her hand, she felt something in the seam of the bag. She took a pair of scissors, carefully cut open the seam, and found gold coins sewn into the lining of the saddlebag. The officer must have taken the saddlebag from another soldier, possibly from an enemy, and clearly had no idea that the money was inside. Petal was stunned. She went to her father and told him what had happened. Together, they took the saddlebag completely apart and found quite a bit of gold. We will take the money home and wait three days, said her father, in case the rider will come back for it. If he comes back, we will return the money to him. However, if he does not come back, we will know that this money came from Shemayim. When the three days were over and the rider did not return, Reb Shmuel HaKatzin wrote a letter to Yehuda Leib, informing him 
that Hashem had miraculously made it possible for him to carry out all that he had promised in the engagement agreement. And if he wished, he and Petal could now get married. The simcha of the chassan and the kala was great, as was the simcha of their parents when the chassanah took place. The entire kehila of Vorms joined in the simcha. And, from Shemayim too, a hearty mazel tov echoed, with best wishes to the happy couple for a binyan ade ad, an everlasting edifice.